Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hello. Uh, what was I saying yesterday? Every every day brings a new <laughs> a new outrage. It's a scary time. It's a truly frightening time, uh, unlike any I've ever I've ever experienced. And um, I, that's just a statement of fact, right? Uh, welcome. It's uh, the 29th of June, 2018. I feel like it's sort of important to now mark the date and <laughs> check the temperature and see where we are. I was uh, in my car yesterday and I was driving across uh, one of Pittsburgh's many bridges and in front of me was a big SUV type vehicle. And it had this sticker on it that was a outline of the United States. And inside the outline of the United States, it said, Fuck off. We're full. And what was especially um, disconcerting about that sighting was that at the time I had my car radio on and I was listening to an interview uh, on Fresh Air uh, with Terry Gross. And she was interviewing somebody about, uh, I guess he was a reporter, who covers immigration, uh, who works for New Yorker magazine. And it was a it was a very uh, sad uh, interview. And to listen to what he was saying about the children who are still separated from their parents and so I was listening to that and about the humanity of these people coming here and this reporter said you know I've been covering the immigration beat for a long 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 time and I have never ever experienced what I'm seeing now and he talks of women sobbing nonstop to the point where they cannot even communicate and those are the mothers of these missing children who are themselves detained well they're not missing are they I mean I guess at least somebody in the federal government knows where they are each and every one and to hear him talking about this um, in such personal terms to hear him talk about the impact of uh, on these mothers of the separation from their children and it was very heart-wrenching and then to find yourself you know <laughs> behind this 
big truck-like vehicle with the wonderfully uh, welcoming America of today emblazoned on its back. Fuck off. We're full. And it wasn't just that the person in the car ahead of me <clears throat> wanted to um, say that to these crying women and their terrified children and anybody else who wanted into his country. But on the other side of the car, he had another one with a big American flag flying. And I think that one said, if this offends you, I'll help you pack. And so, I mean, I, there was this guy in front of me who was saying, um, we're full, and yet he was uh, fully wanting to uh, throw a whole lot of his fellow Americans out for perceived uh, lack of patriotism, I guess. I don't know. And I can only say it a million times. I mean, this is not the America that I pledge allegiance to. This is an America I would never pledge allegiance to. And I really feel, somebody asked me the other day in an email, do you think we're like in a civil war? And I, I do. <laughs> I do. I've never felt um, <clears throat> the division in this country as strongly and um, as dug in. Um, I have never felt that my fellow citizens constitute a clear and present danger to the country I love which I'm beginning not to recognize. Anyway, it's... And then the day before yesterday, I was on uh, Braddock Avenue, and a big black pickup truck came blowing by. And it had this huge American flag stuck on on a pole on on the back in the bed of the truck and so as as he drove the flag is like blah, blah, blah. and then under that he had trump 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 so um <laughs> there is this um in your face aspect to being an American now, and I'm not suggesting that the other side is the only one engaging in it. <clears throat> I mean, there's a, a need, it seems, for Americans right now to announce where they stand. And uh, it's just ugly. It's extraordinarily ugly. And so we have a president who has 
called the news media the enemy of the people. And as we know, yesterday someone went into a newspaper office in Annapolis, Maryland and opened fire on the enemy of the people. We also know that someone else on the other side, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, also tweeted out the day before yesterday, quote, I can't wait for vigilante squads to start gunning down journalists. Well, he didn't have to the very next day. Five journalists were gunned down in Annapolis. So we have a president now um, who incites hatred and even violence. When you call somebody, when the president calls um, an entire group of people, a profession of people, <clears throat> the enemy of the people, um, and if you're a person who listens to that president, who admires him, who voted for him, well, and if you see yourself as a soldier on his behalf, I can see where you might want to take out some of the enemies of the people, if you're a good American. <coughs> Excuse me, I don't, don't have a voice today. So I, I feel... <clears throat> Damn, this hasn't happened in a long time. I feel like I'm living in a country I don't recognize. And that's very unsettling. It's unsettling to live in a community in which you see that you're sharing the streets with people who want you out of the country or wish you dead or in no way understand what this country is about, its soul, its principles, its foundational precepts. <coughs> and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm alternately frightened and then I'm uh, enraged and then I'm unsettled and then I'm God knows what and I know I'm not alone. Meanwhile, um, at the one part of the media that the president does not consider an enemy of the people, that would be Fox News. They're patriots, apparently. Uh, Sean Hannity last night speaking of the slaughter at uh, the Annapolis newspaper. Blamed, blamed Maxine Waters, a black woman, a congressperson. Blame Maxine Waters, who 
the other day called for people to openly uh, resist and confront members of the Trump administration uh, in public. In other words, if they see him at a restaurant, go ahead, she said. Scream at him. She didn't say kill him. But as um, someone pointed out, so you have a white guy, president, calling journalists the enemy of the people, and you got another white guy tweeting out, can't wait till we start gunning down journalists, and then the next day journalists are gunned down, and um, that night on Fox News you hear that it's the fault of a black woman. Oh, and another white guy went in and did the shooting, right? So three white guys, one setting the stage, the other calling for the uh, act, a third committing the act, and Sean Hannity, another white male, tells America that it was this black woman's fault. Um, I, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what to say anymore. So they put out a paper today, the folks that were left, that survived the shooting, and uh, it was a full paper except for the editorial page, which they left blank. Never mind that their editorial writer has was lying in a morgue somewhere, but they left it blank because they said, we have no words. Oh, all right. I'm moving on to something else. Um, front page Wall Street Journal today, John Kelly is, uh, that's the chief of staff, the White House. That's the guy who was supposed to be babysitting the president. Uh, John Kelly will be gone very soon. As early as um, next week. Or maybe a little bit later, but who knows? The president is already uh, essentially interviewing people to be his next babysitter, and ideally one that will let him, uh, you know, do what he wants. So one of the people who's uh, right at the top of his list is a guy he clearly likes because every time he throws somebody out of uh, an uh, of some job in the executive branch, he he asks this guy. <clears throat> to take over. Um, I'm talking about Mike Mulvaney, Mick Mulvaney, who currently heads the Office of Management and Budget, which is a huge job. But a few months ago, uh, after they threw out the director of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, uh, president, the president asked the head of the OMB, 
Office of Management and Budget to, you know, in his spare time, could he please take over the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau? And, of course, don't bother doing much because we're aiming to kill that anti-consumer protection. What the F is that? We're killing that baby for sure. So it's Mick Mulvaney who he invited to the White House for dinner. Uh, just two nights ago, and uh, and people say uh, the president was discussing the chief of staff position <laughs> with uh, Mick Mulvaney. So you can head the OMB, you can head the Consumer Protection Bureau, and you can be my chief of staff. And what this tells you is the circling the wagons over there in the executive branch is getting thin. I mean, the president now uh, doesn't trust many people, doesn't feel comfortable around many people. And so it ends up with Mick Mulvaney uh, maybe having a third job now. Obviously, I would think if he were chief of staff, they might take another one of those titles away from him. I don't know. But at any rate, John Kelly is about to escape. You know, John Kelly had a good reputation before Trump uh, picked him. First to be head of his Department of Homeland Security and then his chief of staff. And, and he's been sullied quite a bit. Anybody who brushes up against this guy, who for one minute stands with him, is sullied. Maybe not right now, but give it a little bit of time. Chuck writes, it could be I'm just more sensitive to this stuff than ever before, but I have noticed NRA t-shirts <coughs> and redneck trucks with Confederate flags more than I think I have before. I have too, and I think that's why I, I wanted to mention this. I, I'm starting to like note it. Um, it. It's a lot of like, yeah, hey, in your face. And I got news for you. This kind of, you know, using our cars as advertisement to which, uh, which side we're on will undoubtedly result in some violence before it's over too. You combine the heat of the political moment with uh, the always constant possibility of road rage, and um, I think you got potential for um, trouble. Chuck says, I hate that this administration has essentially given their supporters permission to be complete asses and to not apologize for it. No, that's exactly what they're doing. They don't see themselves as being asses. They're showing themselves to be true Americans. That'd be white. <clears throat> That'd be heterosexual. That'd be you fly the flag. That'd be you tell desperate people fleeing desperate situations to fuck off and you take their children away. They don't they don't even understand if you say that they should apologize for what they feel fervently and what the president clearly feels fervently. They got some pretty uh, big guns behind them 
I use the metaphor aptly. They've got some really big guns behind them. They've got the President of the United States. They've got the Congress of the United States. They have the Supreme Court of the United States. So if you're seeing more in-your-face flag-waving and F-you immigrants and F-you and pack your bags and get out and blah, blah, blah aimed at you and me, well, yeah, they're emboldened. they got perfect reason to be. They are in power. We are not. <clears throat> Chuck writes, I'll call, I'll be right with you. My wife of 29 years awakes in the morning, takes out the dog, and puts the flag in the holder on the front of the house. Before she goes to bed, she brings in the flag. She has not been doing that this past week. And she said she may never do it again. Trust me when I say this is a big deal to her. Wow. For 29 years, she's been putting that flag out and taking it in at night. And she hasn't this week. Wow. Wow. Caller, you still there? Hello. Hello. Hey, Lynn. Yeah. Um, this immigration thing, now I think they should make them legal and keep the families together. <clears throat> but you were saying about your country, and I can't believe it. See, I, I worked in the building trades, in the factories, and I saw this racism. I saw this hate in the immigrants. But there is a portion of people, and this here, the liberals may say something different, but if you look at the facts, and I like I said, I don't care if they're here at all. It doesn't matter to me. But every time immigrants come to this country, the wages were lowered. For instance, you take the building trades over in Florida or some of those. The, the carpenters, plumbers, whatever kind of trade were making good money. So then they started bringing immigrants and working for, maybe they were making 30 an hour, they're paying an immigrant five. They lost the living. They couldn't feed their families. This is why these people were so angry. It's in, and same with other industries that are, when immigration comes in here, it's not that they don't want that, but they, they were making a living. Now they're bringing in cheap labor. When you bring cheap labor, it lowers everybody else's labor. You lose the bargaining power of a union, then you're really in trouble. Well, so it's, uh, that well, is a culmination yeah. of things. But look but at who's doing it. Yeah. Wages, why are, liberals, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say it, but why are you mad? Every time the country did better when you didn't have that. Now, I don't care if they wait, 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 wait. It doesn't matter. When did we never have immigrants? <laughs> We have always in there, this country when, had immigrants. Different times when Constant. They came in, but when they started going into the different jobs, the wages were lowered. That's what people were angry about. Their jobs were lost making a good living. Hey, 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 wait a That's minute. You touched on something else. None of this would be happening if they still had unions. Huh? If well, we had strong, too, if we had strong you, unions in this country, you would have a living, <coughs> you would have a living wage. Somebody's Listen, charging thirty or five, 
That's <coughs> simple math. Whoa, 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 whoa. And so your anger and their anger is at these poor people willing to work for five bucks an hour. Why isn't it? If you're taking the food out of your mouth, why isn't it? Who's taking the food out of your mouth? It's the employer. It's the employer. It's the employer. It's the corporations. It's the capitalists. It's the employers. Well, why then isn't the anger directed at them instead of at poor, desperate people who have even less than the American worker? All right. Okay. Fine. I'm just saying. But the fact is the matter, that's why you wonder where the anger comes from. Now, some people just but why don't they know where the anger belongs? Why do these idiots are forever cutting off their own noses despite their face when they, they think that the very people who are screwing them over and over and over again, taking all of the union kind of wages, the union kind of shops that gave them good conditions, destroying all of that, and they vote for those people. Those are Republicans. Well, I don't give a shit for people who are so stupid. They don't know who hurts them and who helps them. And if they vote for Republicans simply by virtue of their innate racism or their inability to look at a problem with a little more acuity than blaming the poor brown guy who's desperate for work, than blaming the guy who's hiring him. The rich guy who's hiring him. And the rich guy who actively works to get rid of the unions, and now the Supreme Court has pretty much put a nail in it, Americans are being screwed, not by little brown people, not by immigrants, not by desperate people, but by corporatists and Republicans and anti-labor feeling and anti-female feeling and just plain ugly hatred. Excuse me. If, if the politicians had any balls, when somebody comes in this country... They would force the farmers, they would force the contractors to pay them $15 an hour or whatever it is, a living wage. You got to. They won't the even pay Americans a living wage. What? They don't. What? Well, then. They what? should have it for them, too, but I'm just no. saying. And, hey, is it not really helpful? All right, fine. And isn't, isn't it wonderful? So what they end up producing, what they end up producing is the workers of America battling over the crumbs they're willing to throw out with these desperate low-wage immigrants coming in. So you keep those two at each other's throats and the guys walk off with billions of dollars while the little people kill each other off grasping for whatever crumbs are being thrown their way. My God, again, the stupidity of allowing the people in power to pit us against each other for their own gain, never, ever for the workers' gain. 
And I don't care if that worker is well, born in the U.S. of A. or that worker is a poor soul born in El Salvador. They look at both the same way, as something to be exploited at the lowest cost. And that well, is yeah. capitalism in America 2018. Goodbye. Henry says, where are our heroes? Well, you can't wait around for them, Henry. I don't see any on the horizon. I don't see any knights in shining ar armor on white horses. Where are our heroes? I don't know. Look in the mirror, I guess. We each have to do it. I saw some woman say something the other day that I thought was really smart. She said something like, rather than despair, I'm going to find one little corner of the world where I can have a positive impact and I am going to work like hell. So she's saying, I'm going to look around in my world what needs to get done to make things better? And I'm going to pick something, and then I am going to throw myself into it. And I have to tell you, that's smart. That's not despairing. That is saying, okay, I ain't going to save the world, but I'm going to save or try to this little spot right here, which might help one other person, maybe two. And if we all did that, I think that makes us all heroes. The fact is we're all paralyzed in our rage and despair and sense of unbearable loss. Henry says, we need a hero, and the only one I see on the horizon is Mueller. That's not how he sees himself. And possibly Biden, who is rumored, of course, to be running as a one-term president who would make repairs and pass the baton in four years to someone else. That's it. Those are the only aces up our sleeve. Well, if that's all we got up our sleeve, we're fucked, okay? I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll repeat what I said before. Democrats? Liberals? We are totally out of power, okay? We are impotent. That doesn't mean we can't act, but it does mean if we don't focus totally on November to begin to, and to understand that there's no quick fix, to understand that we've got to do what, the other side's been doing forever, just doggedly working day after day, that if we elect, let's say, we, we get a, a Democratic House, that's just the beginning. You don't say, yay, we won, goodbye. <coughs> I don't know. Well, I despair. Kathleen, dear Lynn, you don't have to try to make sense of this for your audience. Thanks for trying. <laughs> Makes sense. 
We're all flummoxed in shock and in shock. It's a nightmare that I could never have conceived of ever. I guess this is a time that tries men's souls. We simply can't stop trying to figure out how to stop it, and we absolutely can't stop talking about it. That's where you come in. Keep talking, even if you have to take time off every other week. <laughs> now is the time for us to find out what we're made of. I will resist this horror as long as I live, and I will talk about it. Help me do that. Help me resist. I will. Melt if you, says, if you've lived in America all of your life, have been educated and socialized in America, and you lose your job to an immigrant who just arrived here last month, the problem is not with the immigrant. The problem is with you, says Milt. Get yourself some fucking skills. Well, that's sort of, that, that sometimes I think is right, Milt, but on the other hand, um, you know that people hire the cheapest labor they can find. I mean, these immigrants are not, oh, well. If you want to talk about what is depressing wages in this country, I really don't think blaming it on immigrants is, uh, is right. Is correct. It's the people who have the capital, who require labor to get more of their capital, but who are in a position, now that they've absolutely almost destroyed unions, the only reason people working now today have paid vacations, have an eight-hour workday, <laughs> have some protections, have overtime, any of that wonderful stuff that all of these uh, probably Trump voters take for granted, they would have none of it without the power of collective bargaining by workers before them. You would have nothing. You think things are bad now? You would have a lousier paycheck. You would have lousier conditions. You wouldn't have sick leave. You wouldn't have paid time off. You wouldn't have anything. The people who are depressing your wages are the people who pay you like shit. Not Mexicans. We hear the economy's going gangbusters, but it's not quite getting down to the people. Paychecks are not coming up. Why is that? Well, because the people who are making money off of labor are not sharing in the bounty. Never did, willingly. Rarely. Rarely. You go on being mad at the people who are even worse off than you. <laughs> that It's their fault. It's their fault. No, it's not. Look up. It's their fault. It's always the people above you who exercise power over you. That's, if you're hurting, that's where the fault is. It's in their choices. 
Those are the choices that impact you. Not somebody down here. They don't have to pay that guy lower than you. They're breaking the law by doing it. They're breaking the law, right? Huh? Huh? They're hiring people who don't have the right papers, but they're doing it because it makes them richer. Because then they don't have to pay you. The paltry sum, whatever it is, they're paying you. I mean, it's always been the way of the powerful to get the less powerful or the powerless to see each other as the enemy. And they, it's such an easy game plan for them. They've been playing it for hundreds of years. And that the little people fall for it every time is just amazing. So when you ask yourself, why do these people vote against their own interests? They elect people who are just going to screw them, who are going to take away their health care, who are going to lower their wages, who are going to make their water dirtier, their air less clean. Why would they, their streams polluted? What, what in the name of God are they thinking? Well, they're falling for what they've always fallen for. That it's their fault, black people. I mean, that was the thing about black people. Black people came north. Boy, that sowed a lot of anti-black feeling too, right? Right? Black people are willing to work for less. Black people need to eat too. Brown people need to eat too. Dorothea says, you're right, we're feeling rage, despair, loss, and it's okay to go off and save a little corner of the world, but right now everyone, and you too, Lynn, take some time to save yourself. I turn to prayer, but if that's not your thing, try a little meditation. That's my thing. You can't be a soldier if you're lying wounded at the front. <laughs> it's true. We all need to, be, to replace that rage with confidence in the lead up to November. Those are wise words, Dorothea. And um, yeah, I will be taking care of myself. Don't worry. I, I will. Did you see did you see this little fact? I mean, is it getting some press? I guess it is. When Trump made his first address as president to a joint session of the Congress, it was just February. It was just a few weeks after he'd become the president. Uh, it was February 2017. And when he descended from the podium and headed toward the door, he walked past, of course, the Supreme Court justices who were sitting in the front, and he stopped at one. 
It was an unusual one because it's not one who necessarily agreed with him about everything. He stopped in front of uh, Anthony Kennedy. And the president was heard to say to Justice Kennedy, say hello to your boy, special guy. And then he continued on his way. What does that mean? Well, we know now. He really meant the justice's son, his boy. Because Justice Kennedy's son, it turns out, was the head of Deutsche Bank's real estate capital market <coughs> loans. Global real estate capital. That's where the justice's son was, at Deutsche Bank. The German bank, obviously. Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank, who was, if you'll recall, the only bank that Trump could go to after a while because U.S. banks wouldn't loan him a dime because <laughs> they didn't get paid back. He went bankrupt all the time. Yeah, the great businessman, right. So no U.S. banks would loan any money whatsoever to the Trumps. But Deutsche Bank, for whatever reason, and this division of it, Justice Kennedy's son, Justin, and during... Uh, during the time that Justin Kennedy was at Deutsche Bank, he was Donald Trump's most important lender, dispensing well over a billion dollars in loans to Trump for all of his slimy deals, construction deals, here and there in New York and other places, when no U.S. bank would touch him. Now that's interesting. That's just a fact that's out there now. Why would Kennedy... And the fact is, the Deutsche Bank stuff, also, if you're following the money, which is what Mueller's doing... Deutsche Bank stuff also gets you over into sort of Putin oligarchic stuff and money laundering kind of stuff. And I don't know, but I think it's an interesting fact that all of a sudden this guy gives such a gift to the president. I mean, his son was giving him gifts all along, but now Kennedy. Who knew? Say hello to your boy special guy. Who knew? Well, 
Okay. By the way, speaking of immigrants, do you know our government has really no idea? I mean, this is unbelievable. They got no idea uh, where all these kids are. They're not even sure of the number, if you want to know the truth. The Department of Health and Human Services, who are supposed to be in charge of these children, said on Tuesday that it had 2,047 children that had been taken from their parents in the last uh, few weeks, uh, in addition to almost 10,000 more. Our government is now holding over 12,000 children. But, according to the Wall Street Journal, Health and Human Services struggled when asked by reporters to provide a total number of children that it had cared for as a result of the separation policy, as well as telling reporters where the hell those children were, where they were distributed, raising questions about the tracking systems the agency was using. Now that, <laughs> that assumes they have a tracking system. They don't. They just snatch these kids and they don't even know what, they don't know where the parents are. ICE, who took the parents, don't know where the children are. This is a Trump government in action. And they did put out, a, uh, they did say where they have so many kids here and so many kids there. And, and a map that they put out the other day said that there were something like 30 24 children in the whole state of Pennsylvania, which I found very confusing since we were told, were we not, that there were 50 right up here on Ohio River Boulevard. Weren't we? Was that the number or am I like misremembering that? 50. Why is there no news out of there? Now, the, now is, were half of them reunited with their children? Where is I, I'm get, any media who have not been shot dead yet? Can you look into Holy Family Institute and what's happening with the children there? Do we have any media? We have a caller. Hello, caller. Hey, Lynn, yeah, I read about the uh, connection. I, I didn't know about the bit with uh, Trump stopping and, and whispering in the Kennedy's ear uh, on that occasion. I'd never read, read about that, but I did read about the connection between uh, Trump and Kennedy's son at, at Deutsche Bank um, just, just late yesterday. Right. Uh, late, late yesterday evening. Yeah. Uh, just so odd how when you follow the money, uh, even some of those rock-ribbed original constitutionalists just seem a little compromised uh, here and there. Here and there. Um, because I, too, was wondering about why Kennedy was doing this now. 
seemed odd. I thought, yeah. you know, what, it's, it's a moot question because, he, you know, he's doing it. And yeah, no, I, I don't like to get conspiracy-minded, but <laughs> I, I think it's pretty apparent why it's happening now, why, why they're getting a gift now. I would think that um, Kennedy, if he were an honorable man, and uh, th- no honorable he's man, a Republican, suppo- he's not well, an honorable man. well, that's what I was going to say. No honorable man would support Donald Trump, and no honorable man Correct. who cared about the institution of the Supreme Court, which you would think Justice Kennedy did, would uh, vacate his seat before the November election when the American people could perhaps correct a big mistake they made. And I would I am astonished. My my sense of who Kennedy is and was, I mean, if his legacy now will become simply one action and that will be giving Donald Trump the right to pack this court so that it will be rock ribbed right wing, Republican right wing. Trumpian right wing for the next four decades. And Kennedy didn't vacate his seat in a vacuum. He knew exactly uh, the gift he was giving to Trump. And that is his legacy, that he did that. Anything else he did, even slightly good in the past, pales in comparison to this bomb he has thrown into the country. It's outrageous. I mean, unless, unless there's some dire health issue where he can't, can't do there's the, not. the job day to day. There's not. Then, yeah. Then, then I'm going to say there was some sort of fix. In it. Well, By the way, I, Kennedy was not. Like, he, was, he was no liberal. No, oh, he was, God, I no. Don't think, I don't even think Kennedy was a modern. No, I don't either. I mean, he, he just wasn't insane. Correct. Besides a few times, I mean, the gay marriage, you know, gay marriage, you know, he made the right decision. Roe v. Wade, he made the right, de- correct decision. Um, but, I mean, he, he also would then go back and essentially, you know, kind of backtrack and walk back his decision so that, you know, so that red states could just infringe on the rights of those people, on, you know, women who were seeking abortions or... Uh, gay people or, or, or minorities, right, 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 you know, right, so that right. it, it kind of became, it was know, a, oh, you, yeah, it was a wash, to get married, yeah, but you know, uh, anyone who's <laughs> religious, yeah, can claim, you know, yeah. that they have a, a right to discriminate against you, and no one has to, you know, adoption agencies don't have to, you know, consider your marriage to be valid for the purposes of, you know, allowing you right. to, right, so this to term especially, he showed himself. He was right in line on every 5-4 decision, and then he leaves and says to Trump, go ahead, look at this present I gave you. It is the greatest gift that Trump has been given since ascending the throne. Hey, thank you. You're familiar with Michael Avenetti, yes? Yeah, of course. Look, of course, yeah. And apparently he he is a Democrat. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. um, You know, he was... I don't. I don't like the whole concept of Twitter. I think it's rather idiotic. But he he sent out tweets about how you know President Obama and the Democrats tried to act with honor and 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 reason on Merrick Garland, and they didn't push it to the limit the way they should have. Right. And they 
you know, came out losers. Right. And he said, you got to be, you need people in there who are going to retaliate. I was saying about, I, I, I swear, no, I know, I know. I was saying uh, easily 20 years ago, what we need are Rambo Democrats. Yeah. And I remember saying that a million years ago. Democrats have always had this namby-pamby, spineless, never fight tough, never fight tough. And so the Republicans who always fight tough, roll yeah, them it's, every it's, 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 uh, time. And that's why so I mean, many I people are sick and tired of the Democratic Party yeah, as it exists. I, w- I want to encourage people. I mean, Robert Reich is on Facebook. I've actually been trying to just decrease, you know, even reading social media because I think yeah. it's as much an ill as it is a, um, a benefit to our society. But... Robert Reich does, you know, he has a he has a page. He he does live pod, you know, podcasts, um, and you know, he says, look, the last, you know, what what they want is for people to be demoralized, and he he, he does say some positive things. You know, he said like, you know, take like you said, take care of yourself. Don't let this live in your head twenty four seven. Remember, you know, they don't have, you know, Democratic senators. Last time around, got you know four and a half million more votes. You know they've lost, they they keep losing the popular vote. In the, you know he goes into all that and he says, look, they don't have numbers. No, they don't. Their ideas aren't popular. No, right. They, they've got this infrastructure. That's right. Funded by billionaires. Right. And they've got evangelicals and fundamentalists who want to you know shut down reproductive freedom and push gay people back into the closet. That's what they have. Um. But, you know, now in some ways, I think he's a little Pollyanna-ish. He's like, well, you know, contact your, you know, keep keep up the calls on your Democrat or your uh, Republican senators. If you like, well, there's no point in me calling Pat Toomey's office. I mean, it's a friggin' joke because they have no honor and they're just brazen. Right. I mean, maybe it works with, you know, like a Susan Collins of Maine sometimes. Um, so you can't get demoralized, and we all have to try to take care of ourselves and shore up our own uh well-being of our loved ones. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, once someone wants to defend, you know, you know, an honorable, what's an honorable Republican if you support someone who's dishonorable? There's no such thing anymore. And as I mean, plenty of Republicans have said, the Republican Party does not exist anymore. It is the Trump Party. And if people were in it because they were conservatives, then the that party is not a conservative party at all anymore either. So you got to get out if that is not any represent. I I got to go. I I'm sorry, but I have to go. Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate it. I want to remind you all that uh, one thing you could do uh, is Saturday. That'd be tomorrow at 11 a.m. You don't even have to get up early. Come downtown. Uh, Mellon Square, that's across, is on between Smithfield and uh, and uh, the uh, William Penn Hotel, right? It's the one that's up above the parking garage. <clears throat> Put your body in that square on uh, on Saturday. If you find the actions of the government 
abhorrent. Put your body there. Lend it to <clears throat> the pictures that will be taken. The sense of power that will derive from being with like-minded people protesting your government. This is one of the actions that might seem like it doesn't do anything, but it does a hell of a lot more than sitting home. It does. And if you're the type who, I don't do protests, fine and dandy. <laughs> might want to rethink things. Be there. It's going to be hot. Be there. Bring some water. Be there. Stand up against this administration. There's an opportunity being given to you at 11 a.m. Saturday. Okay? And if you don't come, at the, don't let yourself off the hook. If you don't come, ask yourself why. Why? Inconvenient? You got other things to do? Might be. I don't know. Please. Tom sent me this. It's great. It's a picture of two guys. One is a Trump supporter, big guy, wearing a hat. Staring at the camera, sort of tough. The other guy is a rich guy. He's holding a bag of money. The Trump guy voter is, says this. I vote Republican to keep foreigners, minorities, women, socialists, gays, and liberals from ruining my life. And the rich guy holding all the money is laughing. And he's pointing at the Trump voter and he says, And I vote Republican to keep this moron from realizing I'm the only one ruining his life. Milton says, I work for a public sector union in Columbus. So very many people, so very many Americans are willing to decry those of us who work for the government and are paid decent wages due to having union representation. Weekly, I have conversations with folks who say, you government workers are paid way too much. That's why I hate unions. My response is always, the man has you so twisted and confused that you won't even consider demanding more from your employer? Instead, you think that I should be paid less. Yeah, you want that person to be paid less because then that sort of elevates you, when in fact it doesn't. It just means both of you aren't getting what you're worth. This is the mentality, says Milt, of the defeated, and it permeates... America's workers. That disconnect, that attitude of I cannot rise from my current station, so I'm going to drag those slightly better off than I am down. Then it'll feel like I'm rising. 
These people don't even know who their enemy is. And when they can identify their nemesis, they concede before the fight is even joined. Bob and Braddock says, I think some of us should get personalized bumper stickers that say this. To my fellow Americans who made this all possible with a picture of Trump, fuck you. Yeah, but again, if you happen to find yourself at an uh, intersection with the guy with the American flag and the fuck, you, fuck off to immigrants uh, thing, um, he'll probably be carrying a gun. I don't know that you will, so I'm just saying. Ha! Huh. Bree has just sent me pictures of a lovely repast he's having at dinner in Dubai at this very moment. Having some really good-looking sushi. And he says, uh, greetings from Dubai, and I am watching you on YouTube right now. Hi! Hi. Well, I'm in Pittsburgh. It's probably hotter where you are. Anyway. <sighs> okay, guys, that's it. I'll uh, I'll be here on Monday. I promise. I am, though, uh, looking around to take some time off. Like not a month. I mean a week or something, okay? All right, hang in there and go to that rally, huh? If you're not going to D.C., go to that. Put your feet where your mouth is. Okay? Thank you. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.